This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Right Spot with Dunedin UNESCO's City of Literature. Well, the Dunedin Writers' Walk is a series of commemorative plaques in the upper octagon area of uh, Otipoti, Dunedin. Those plaques were installed to honour and celebrate the lives and works of writers with a Dunedin connection, many of whom were Robert Burns Fellows uh, at the University of Otago. The walk was the idea of local writer Lily Hood, installed back in 1993. This morning we're looking forward to the installation and unveiling of a couple uh, more plaques. And the first of those we're going to talk about this morning is a plaque for O.E. or Ted Middleton. And joining us on the line now, um, uh, Cynthia Greensill, partner of the late O.E. Middleton. Uh, Morena, good to have you with us, Cynthia. Morena, thank you for having me. Cynthia, first of all, what does it mean to you to have this join the writer's walk? Um, I think it means, I think it would would have meant a lot to Ted, and I'm very pleased that it's happened at last. Um, Ted belongs to perhaps an older generation of writers who've slightly fallen in our favour, I guess, uh, but who were um, important writers in their time um, and still are today. Uh, They they were... um, sort of before the days when there was quite as much support for writers um, as there is today. And so they they often, as Ted did, had to um, make their living by many other means. He did a whole range of jobs to um, keep the wall from the door and um, managed to fit his writing around the edges of, of other things. Um, and, and I think that that's part of the, the beauty and the importance of the fellowships to writers and artists and other creative people because um, it gives them the opportunity to really focus on their writing um, and frees them up from other responsibilities for a, for a time so that they can really get on with what they most want to be doing. We talk about the Dunedin Connection, of course, um uh, Ted Middleton was mentored by Frank Sargison uh, in Auckland in the late uh, 50s, but he moved to Dunedin to take up the Robert Burns Fellowship in 1970. Uh, and his work has been recognised. Uh, he re- was the recipient of several awards, including the Hubert Church Award and the twin- his 2006 Janet Frame Literary Award. Uh, his selected story shared first prize for fiction at New Zealand Book Awards in 1976. You... Um, you talk about how his writing having fallen out of favour a little. Explain that for us. Oh well, um, I think um, you know there are there are a lot of new writers now, and they're doing new and different things. And um, I suppose um, Ted's Ted's writing is about a different time in New Zealand, about um, different different social circumstances, although some of them are still around today. Um, He he wrote a lot about um, working people um, and their lives, um, about people who were on the margins of society. Um, He he writes in a a style that's perhaps, I think perhaps writings become um, more casual, 
he he um, he loved language and and was very careful with words. Um, sometimes his writing seems a bit formal today, but um, but it's still good writing and and beautifully crafted. Any of his particular works that remain special to you? Um, I think there are there are. Um, oh, it's it's really hard to choose. One of my favourite stories is called A Married Man. Um, it's about a, a young couple coping in their different ways with the death of their first baby. Um, uh, it's it's a very tender and and um, beautifully handled story. Um, I, I'm quite fond of the stories that we both Ted and I originate from um, from Taranaki. spent spent our early childhoods in in Taranaki, and I'm very fond of some of the stories about um, that part of the world. Um, he's uh, I also, um, uh, he, he, he had a wider range than just New Zealand too, and so um, I enjoy the stories that, um, that look at the world, um, a larger world than New Zealand. Um, he had some uh, fairly tough experiences in the United States as a young man hitching through the States and, um, and in fact ended up um, in jail in the States because he had jumped ship to try and get medical treatment for his eye condition in New York. And um, some of the stories about um, uh, his life in, in jail and immigration detention centre in San Francisco, um, there's one in particular called The Big Room, about the, the guys who were all penned up in this big big space from all over the world waiting to be... Um, dealt with by U.S. immigration. That's an amazing story, and um, one of the things that that um, they they had to while away their time was chess. And so Ted was a great chess player, very keen chess player, and and he um, he, he writes very well about the the you know the intense chess competitions that took place in the big room. Many wonderful short stories, of course, but also poems. And you've chosen a poem of Ted's to share with us today. Tell us about this. Yes. Um, well, at, at, the, at the ceremony, um, I was allotted five minutes to read a story of Ted's, and and um, I can't do that really in five. There isn't a story that quite fits in five minutes, and Ted wasn't very keen on having his work um, uh, excerpt excerpts read from his work, he he wanted things whole. And so I, I, I looked at some of his poems, there aren't a, a great many of them, but I thought this poem was was um, kind of uh, reflected his his um, his, uh, his life and his relationship with other writers and um, and there's a, a, it's a good, I think it's a good poem too, so here it is, Poem for a Neglected Poet by O.E. Middleton. When first I met you in the windy city, you were a last resort, someone to put the bite on. 
I had come down, remember, on a walkabout, my frugal ways no match for the unthrifty city. But your quick fellowship ignored the why, got me hot food to eat, somewhere to lie down. You went out of your way to share your friends, took me to John the Greek, old Espanol, and the Dutch painters, where I sat stolidly obsessed by square gin and the game of chess, which we would never finish. But I came down again into your toppling city, went to your house, and through a window saw stacked coffins, casual as cartons. Your old house had been taken over by the undertaker from next door. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Cynthia, what can you recall about Ted's social life? Um, did he did he spend and share time with other writers and enjoy the collegiality in that sense while in Dunedin? Oh, yes, certainly. Um, he, um, of course, you know, the, the Captain Cook was a great place to... Um, meet up with other writers, painters, um, academics, uh, all sorts of people. Um, I remember that the the, uh, the local undertaker was um, a member of the group. Um, it was uh, yes, he enjoyed enjoyed the company of other other people, all sorts of people. Um, he as he got older, he perhaps um, wasn't. You know, he, 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 well, as you get older, you don't go to the pub so much, I don't. Mm. Um, he, but he had a very rich correspondence with a number of friends who were writers, and um, including Frank Sargison, who, you know, who was a, 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 an old and dear friend. Um, and I think his, um, those correspondences with other writers meant a great deal to him, too. Did he have his own literary heroes? Um, I would say that his literary heroes were not so much New Zealand writers at all. In fact, he made a point of not really reading his contemporaries because he wanted to um, he wanted to do his own thing. But he was um, influenced by um, you know the great European short story masters. Um, Chekhov and de Maupassant. Um, he loved the French um, writers of the of the nineteenth um, century. He um, um, he, he certainly admired Catherine Mansfield, of course. But um, yeah, most of his, his the writers that he admired were were from Europe, actually. Well, this Friday we get to celebrate O.E. Middleton's writing uh, with the addition of a plaque to the Dunedin Writers' Walk. You can uh, join Cynthia and others uh, at the Octagon at the Robert Burns statue from 3 o'clock on Friday. Masks and vaccine passes, please. Um, uh, And, of course, also that day celebrating the work of Peter Oltz, and we're going to be talking about that uh, in just a moment. Cynthia, thanks so much for taking your time to join us this morning. All the best for um, Friday's celebrations. Thank you very much. And uh, in a moment, we'll 
celebrate the work of Peter Olds. In the meantime, a little bit of Ben Harper. That's Ben Harper with Toronto. Well, the second writer to be celebrated with, in addition to the Dunedin Writers' Walk is Peter Olds. And joining us on the line now to talk about Peter's work is Roger Hicken. Roger, uh, morning, good to have you with us. Good morning. Tell us about your relationship with Peter. Oh, well, it goes back a few years. Uh, I first met Peter around the time... Uh, we were both at uh, Jerusalem with James K. Baxter, uh, although we, I think we were, we were never at Jerusalem uh, at the same time, but uh, I, I met him in Dunedin uh, around then. Uh, so that was back in about uh, 1971. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we, yeah, we had, a, we had a bit to do with each other back then. Uh, we ended up, you know, drinking in the um, same group in a corner, uh, the, the Captain Cook, uh, with, you know, Honey Tufori and Ann Parker and Bill Dean and John Gibb and others. Um, and then I moved to Christchurch and I didn't see Peter for quite a long time until about, oh, 15, 15, 16, 17 years ago. Uh, and Peter sent me one of his books and, uh, then he published a broadsheet of, he was running a little, uh, uh, venture called the Broadsheet Company and publishing broadsheets of poems by his various of his poet friends and uh, asked me if I might have uh, something and uh, and then um, and so he did that and then uh, a, a couple of years after that I started publishing poetry and uh, I began publishing Peter and I've been his publisher uh, 
in my own publisher since. Gosh, there's a lot we could unpack there. We could talk for uh, hours, I'm sure, about that. those times in the 70s spent at uh, Jerusalem. Uh, what uh, yeah. heady times they must have been. Um, but yeah, it's the yeah. second time this morning we've uh, we've heard uh, mention of of writers gathering at the at the Cook here uh, and the Robbie uh, and you know a couple of pubs in Dunedin where writers yeah. tended to to meet. Um, you know, what is it about writers that kind of draws them together in that way? What do they share at moments like that? Oh, gosh. Um, I think, uh, you know, those were different times and and, and, and uh, pubs were, were, were meeting places. I don't, I don't know that it's the same anymore. Uh, uh, and, the, well, the... the and the cook was was there were all sorts of people who drank in the cook, uh, you know, from from workers uh, to academics, and uh, um, you know uh, there was a, a public bar uh, and the and the and the big uh, corner bar with the pool table, uh, and it was just a it was just a great venue for for getting together. The conversation, um, conversations. Yeah, the con- well, the conversations weren't necessarily literary. <laughs> uh, well, look, you know, um, we're exploring, of course, the Dunedin connections, and and, and Peter uh, was another one of the University of Otago's Robert Burns Fellows, uh, also inaugural winner of the Janet Frame Literary Award. Yeah, yeah. So work acknowledged in that way. How would you and describe I, uh, the quality of his work? Well, I should add that he's. He's featured in uh, Victoria University's uh, Best New Zealand Poems, uh, which, you know, is uh, chosen annually uh, by a different poet each year. Well, Peter has been chosen, I think, five times mm. to, to, to feature in that. So that's a, that's, a, that's a real mark of the quality of his, of, of his writing. And he's also recently uh, been translated, a book of his has been translated into Spanish by Rogelio Gidea, who was... Uh, Running the um, Spanish language uh, course here at Targa Univers- University for a number of years, uh, and as a, a major uh, Mexican writer, so that that uh, Peter's book, um, Taking My Jacket for a Walk, um, Rogelio translated into Spanish, and that was published in Mexico uh, last year. Yeah, that, that period um, in the seventies um, that you you alluded to earlier um, was. Uh, you know, obviously a, a very interesting time and um, no doubt uh, it uh, was a, a, a time of experimentation, it was a time of rebellion, <laughs> it was a time um, for alternative thinking. That came through yep. in his writing, didn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, Peter <clears throat> Peter was a Methodist minister, so he grew up in uh, various towns around South Island uh, in and spent uh, several years of his childhood in, in Dunedin. Uh, and then the family moved uh, up to uh, Ponsonby, I think it was. Um, Peter returned in 1965 uh, as a, a 21-year-old uh, beatnik. Um, and uh, uh, he spent six months here and then went back north again and came back down in 66. Uh, um, uh, he was a bit of a renegade at that point, you know. Um, uh, got into a little bit, a little bit of trouble with the law, uh, you know, uh, into the whole countercultural drug 
thing. Uh, he had uh, health problems and, you know, spent uh, uh, time in, in, in various uh, um, psychiatric institutions. Um, and uh, all that has, has, you know, has gone in, into his writing. I mean, Peter... Uh, uh, his work is, 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 uh, you know, comes, comes from his, his own lived experience, you know, from what, he, what he's, he's seen and, seen and done. Mm. Uh, you know, he's very much, uh, you know, he's not a, he's not an academic at all. Uh, humor also, David, David Eagleton has commented on him. Yeah. And his, yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got a marvelous sense of humor, which comes, comes through in his work. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there are various, uh, you know, quite a various thing, poems that could be quoted that, uh, you know, are, are very funny. Yeah. What uh, What do you particularly uh, love about Peter's work? What appeals most to you? Um, I think. Uh, I'm, I especially I, I especially value his, his, his the poems he's written about childhood. I think they're really fine poems. Um, uh, you know, he's uh, I think Peter's work falls into maybe three main areas. Uh, the, the, the early poems, which are the <coughs> you know the uh, sort of substance fueled manic narrative poems. Uh, and then there are uh, from the late eighties and early nineties there is uh, sort of his post addiction uh, and uh, Seacliff uh, poems of, of of Zen solitude when he was living in a shack on the uh, uh, at the edge of the Seacliff old Seacliff hospital grounds uh, he wrote some marvelous poems uh, around that time and then his uh, you know his imagistic Sort of evocations of childhood, uh, uh, and I, I, I especially like those uh, those poems. You've chosen to share with us this morning a poem called "Conversation with Key." Tell us about this. Yeah, well, when Peter moved back into town from uh, Seacliff um, around the early nineties, somewhere I think it was, uh, it became a fairly familiar sight around town. Uh, he, he walked a lot. Uh, uh, you know, with his backpack and his floppy hat and his notebook and his camera, and uh, <clears throat> wrote a lot of uh, a lot of poems about his his walks around Dunedin streets. Uh, they were poems of you know what goes on on the streets and um, portraits of uh, uh, <clears throat> a lot of his friends and acquaintances. Uh, and one of these was. Uh, <clears throat> A guy called uh, Key Young, who many people will remember, ran the Canton Cafe in Princess Street. And this poem is called Conversation with Key. It's from his recent collection, Taking My Jacket for a Walk. So uh, here goes. Uh, Conversation with Key. Now, Key's across the road in the sun, smoking, watching business walk past his cafe. Times are tough, he says laughing as I join him on the warm side of the street. How's the poetry, Peter? There's no money in it. No money, echoes Key. Quiet for a long time. Recession. We're old comrades from the jukebox age, 
cheese rolls and whipped cream, hobnob coffee bar, Friday night shopping. Remember the kinks key? Remember the hobnob? Kinks echoes key laughing. Coffee and whipped cream. He calls me the poet laureate of Dunedin, now that Honey's not around anymore. Used to come in for a feed, says Key, looking sad. From Kaka Point, order the same dish always. I'll write a poem about it if you like, Key. We both laugh. Yeah, poet laureate. I leave him in the sun, leaning against the old Bank of New Zealand building, still smoking, pondering the empty space between the bank and his cafe. Write me a poem, Peter, he says as a parting shot. And sell it to the Hocken Library, he laughs. And sell it to the Hocken Library. Yeah, wonderful. Um, <laughs> you can just, you're, you're right there in the middle of that conversation, aren't you? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, 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 it's also, you know, there, there are all sorts of things come in there, but the picture of, of, of the, the Dunedin of the past and and the Dunedin of the present, or the present as was when that poem was written, which was probably just uh, sometime before 2013, which was when the canton closed. But, you know, you've got the empty space between the bank and the cafe. So, you know, buildings coming down, things changing, yeah. Just uh, finally, Roger, um, why is it important that we celebrate his work in this way? Why is it a- uh, significant that he has added to the Dunedin Writers Walk. I think Peter's should have had a plaque there long before now. I think Peter is is <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you know, Dunedin. Uh, Peter could be described as as Dunedin's unofficial poet laureate, and you know, uh, he's written more about Dunedin than than any other. Writer, including James K. Baxter and, and Janet Crane, um, uh, you know he he uh, the, the 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 text on his plaque says, "This is where I came to write my songs when I first twitched in the mind," and uh, he's been writing his songs in Dunedin uh, for fifty years. Uh, you know he spent most of that time in Dunedin, some some periods away, um, and. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's he's he, he's as deserving of a plaque as as, as any of the other writers who've, who've had one for, for several years now. All right. Well, this Friday, Peter Olds and O. E. Middleton will be honoured with additions to the Dunedin Writers Walk. Their plaques. Uh, will be celebrated at a special event at the Robert Burns Statue in the Octagon on Friday of this week at 3 o'clock. Just a a reminder, masks and vaccine passes, please, for that. Uh, Everybody, welcome to celebrate, uh, along with Roger Hicken and others. Thanks so much, Roger, for taking some time to join us I should just add that if, for any reason, it can't be held at the Robbie Burns Statue uh, because of the occupation there, uh, it will be in the Dunningham Suite upstairs at the Public Library. Uh, but people will be able, still be able to go by and have a look at the plaques. But hopefully we'll have it at the Robbie Burns statue. And Roger, yeah. thanks so much for taking some time to join us. Go well. Okay, cheers. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.